0: What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast.
1: And today we're coming at you with uh, another tribute episode for yeah. The Chronic from Dr. Dre. Yeah. 1992. believe it's uh, December 15th, that was the release date? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so today we're going to dedicate the entire episode uh, to this album. And I don't think there's any need to make it a classic because it's pretty much already considered a classic. Yep. Um, this is one of those albums that uh, I always say Yinka... When uh, he posts stuff on Facebook it's like, "Hey, you got ten albums, one gotta go or three gotta go, or something like that <laughs> right um so uh yeah so how how highly like when you when you think of albums like that, like is this always mm. one that you keep, or is this one of the ones that you're kind of like, man, like it's great, but there's so many other great albums here
0: you know it it, it, it it you can you can discard this one if you have to I think it's generational okay, um, and so I think you and I were kind of agreeing in that like. I don't think it would be in my ten. Okay. Like, or if my five or whatever the the, the number is. It definitely would be in my five. Um, I don't think it would be yeah, in my I'm ten. Yeah, I'm not either. even sure if it would be in my ten, but but I think part of it is just the where were you? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I was I was where I would need to be for this to be in my ten. So where were you? Um I was a a kid, man. Like I remember <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Snoop like being the shit. And I remember yeah. this album. And it's funny going back and listening to it because you know i was joking with one of my friends like this album needs more snoop like it's like <laughs> snoop is on every song on this album it's like this was like his debut album and i remember nothing but a g thing coming out and yeah. like and being like the this huge snoop fan yeah um but you know like I don't think my musical palette was developed well enough for me to understand this and i also don't think that i knew enough about the climate of what was going on in hip-hop so like mm-hmm. i didn't understand that like easy e and dr dre yeah. didn't like each other and they didn't like luke and you know a lot of this had to do with the tension out from dre you know leaving nwa right. and you know all of the context was lost on me when this came out
1: do you remember where so, you were when you first hear nothing but a G Thing? you think Yeah. Where were you? I I remember where I was. I was in Chicago. You were in Chicago? Yeah. I was around here, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was literally around here. So Um, tell us about it. Yeah. So uh, the Hoffman Center, where (laughs) it is now in Alexandria, before it was a movie theater and all that stuff, it was just a pink office building. Oh, wow. It was was an office building and all the windows were were painted pink. Okay. Because whoever owned the building liked pink windows, whatever. My dad uh, worked there. He was a colonel whatever he had some he had some assignment there and uh, i think i had to w- wait once right. for him after work and i'm like i'm in his office and he's got this old like handheld radio mm-hmm. and this is at the time before i had a boombox but i was still mm-hmm. like trying to to, to to listen to hip-hop music because i wasn't allowed to at the time right. and i went to one of the stations and i remember the song came on mm-hmm. and i just i just sat there quietly just listening to just like wow like mm-hmm. this sounds amazing yeah and that was it. That was uh, my experience with it. <laughs> I, I
0: think my, my my big experience with that record is, I remember this is like the really, really early days of me having a tape recorder mm-hmm. and recording the radio. And I had, um, I don't even think I had like, I didn't have like a karaoke machine or anything like that. Like I didn't have like a, a legit situation. I had like a radio Mm -hmm. and then a tape recorder so like I would have to put the radio up against the tape recorder (laughs) so the the quality wasn't exactly there but I do remember that there were two I I had Gin and Juice and Nothing But a thing on the same tape and I remember I would just run that tape just back to back to back to back like that was back when you didn't have you only had fast forward, you didn't have rewind. So if you wanted to rewind the tape, you had to flip it over and fast forward until it until it, till it you, you know what's crazy though, back. right? So uh-huh. we're sitting here and in my mind I'm thinking, Wow, kids these days
1: don't don't how, don't know how nice they have it, right? Right. But I'm sure that back when we were kids the adults were saying, like, wow, you kids don't these days don't know how nice you have it. Like, right. What were you doing if you were in the 50s and the 60s yes. and like you heard a song once, but then you may never hear it again? Maybe yep. it doesn't come out on the radio, or maybe you don't have a, a, a little record player. Yeah, and, you, yeah know, exactly. you certainly didn't have shit in the car, right? Like, what, what were you doing back then?
0: Yeah, oh, you were man. just and I mean, you were completely at the mercy of you know whoever the radio right. operator was. The hours and all that, but uh, but yeah, anyway, so I think that's like really what it was for me was the, the where were you was I was just too young to understand the context of this album, so the more relevant the question much? would
1: be where were you when you first actually listened to this album and gave it? a legit chance like with a, with an uh-huh. actual understanding of, of hip-hop you know how uh-huh. old were you like you know obviously right. it was after 1992 yeah but what other what other artists were you listening to
0: What other what other music yeah. were you listening to you know? i would say probably like middle school high school time frame okay. um you know i think being in california like you know doggy style is like the quintessential album mm-hmm. uh friday is like the quintessential movie so you get a lot of Essentially, what this album, it, the feel of this album is almost just like a, a bunch of homeboys in Cali just smoking weed and doing silly shit. When did Friday um, come out? Was
1: that, was that this year? Was that 91, 92, 93? When was that? It was somewhere around. There. I think
0: it was 93. Was it 93? Yeah, I think it was after this. All right. But, uh, but, you know, it's kind of almost like a Friday type of album in that it's like it sounds like it's just a bunch of friends sitting around smoking weed and talking shit. Like, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what L.A. life is like. So I think, you know, I, I listened to this album in that context. And so I think I had a greater appreciation for it as a result of that. But I still think I was too young to understand like lots of the, the uh, content. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: for me, I was probably it was probably late 90s okay. when I went back to listen to this. So probably either... Ninety nine or two thousand is right. probably when I bought this, and it might have actually been right around the time that the Chronic two thousand one came out. And I was oh, okay. like, all right yeah, you know, let me yeah. actually go back and listen to his first one as yeah. well because I know it's
0: a classic. So, what were your um, thoughts when you did go back and listen to
1: it? When one? I first went back to listen to it, I didn't think it was nearly as good as Doggy Style. Yeah, um, and it's you know not so much from from the lyrical perspective, just like the music. Yeah, um, I mean, every single beat on Doggy Style is amazing. Right, and this one at the time, I remember, y- you know. It was only like the first six or seven tracks that I really listened to on a consistent basis. And the back half of the album, Mm. I didn't really give two shits about. Um, And because of Mm. that, I was like, whenever this song would come up in terms of list of classics, Uh. this was always an album that I could easily be like, yeah, like I don't need this album. Yeah. Um, And it was funny. I was listening to it on the way over here. And much of what I think about which, much of what I thought about it then, I still kind of think about it now just because mm. the back half of the album has a lot of skits on it. Right. However, there are two tracks that I didn't get the time of day back mm. then that I'm listening to now and I'm like, wow, these are amazing. And which one? And that is um, N Word with Guns. Right. And "Ratatat." Tat Tat. Those uh, two songs are monsters. Like, they're right. just crazy, crazy, crazy tracks. Um, what about uh, Stranded on Death Row? Stranded on Death Row, Um. <sighs> that and the other one um high powered were okay okay um
0: the re- the reason i say stranded on death row is because um f- I- oddly maybe for for you cuz of context um i feel like that's like a like a posse cut that people talk about a lot sure. in, in in cali is, like is, like a early okay. posse cut
1: so is not the mm. so what i was going to ask you as well mm. is you you were saying earlier how you know someone said that Snoop should be on this album more right and you were saying this like you almost felt that like it was a debut album for snoop yeah i'm curious do you almost see this more as a compilation album than a solo album to, I, to me it almost feels like jay-z's uh dynasty rock la Familia record
0: yeah you know? that's that's a good way to put it i would have said um puff uh no way out okay that, but, that's um, another one yeah. but i think i think with with snoop being so front and center on this mm-hmm. album the jay-z comparison actually might be even better because right. it's like it's like Almost like Snoop Dogg and his friends, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. Like like how Jay was like Jay Z and friends. Like right. like with Puff, it's like he's the his albums are his, but he he's not fe- the featured artist on, okay. on, on on his project. And this is yeah. after DLC's injury,
1: correct? Yeah. So how much of this album did he write? I understand yeah. like what he wrote it's it's at least when it comes to the actual liner notes of the album Mm -hmm. he is credited as as writing some of the lyrics right Uh but i'm curious like dr Dre didn't write anything on this right if i'm not mistaken Dre doesn't write right so So who wrote the majority of his lyrics would it be snoop and and doc yeah
0: okay yeah i think it's you know just based on looking at the 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 listing here like it's probably about a 50 50 split between them okay yeah so we can go
1: uh we can go track for track or we could do highlights, lowlights, lights, like just
0: do like highlights, right? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So you can go first. Uh, you know, the highlight for me,
1: uh, I do want to point out that the tracks 8 and 9, uh, And Where With A Gun, tat, just from a B perspective. But I will say mm-hmm. the number one highlight on, on this album for me isn't actually nothing but a G thing. It's uh, Let uh, Me Ride. Wow. Yeah, okay. And, and why is ride. that? I think the reason why is because I don't necessarily have to associate nothing but a G thing with this album. Mm. I can still appreciate it like just as a single yeah. and just like as its own entity. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when I hear Let Me Ride I or, or rather when I hear this album I have to listen to Let Me Ride. Right. And I was listening to that on the mm. way over here and I'm just like man, I love this song. Man, it's just that's so funny.
0: good. I, that, to, to, to piggyback on that I, I agree with you that, that, that that's the song from this album that that is like this album for me. Yeah. Um, I remember my parents used to buy those compilations that were like, um, you know, Grammy Grammy winners 1999 or right. MTV Jams 99 or whatever type joints. Where it would be like just the year and like songs that won mm-hmm. or you know, got nominated for Grammys. And I remember this record being on one of those tapes. I remember that it had... So, so this single got nominated? This single, yeah. Wow, okay. And so the three songs I remember from the joint were <laughs> Will Smith, Boom, Shake, Shake, Shake the Room. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't even know how that goes. It's it's <laughs> cool. Uh, this joint and uh, Onyx Slam. Okay. And I remember that that little three song string was like my joint. I would just right. listen to those three songs over and over. No, it's more
1: like a, a two two song <laughs> two song stretch there
0: <laughs> Right. Exactly. now but uh, but yeah, this this record uh, I think is is really really good. Um, and I think it it embodies what what. West Coast rap became right, like right. you have like a parliament sample, mm-hmm. um, you know, and with, you've uh, got with like Dre, the, uh, Dre Day the, and with Let Me Ride, I think yeah. One, right? With so you got the you know, the parliament, you got the the crazy baseline you know, letting it letting it fly with the mm-hmm. wee, wee, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying type of situation. So, yeah, this is this is an important record, but uh, any other highlights, yeah, so. I am
1: gonna have to say that the beats for uh, the beats for and with a gun rat tat tat, uh, definitely dope. I'm gonna say the production overall, yeah. with the exception of uh, what was it, high powered and strained on death row, I wasn't necessarily feeling all that much. Mm. Um the roach is a really cool record. Yeah, uh, as an outro. As and then even though I think some of the, the lyrics are, are, are problematic um bitches ain't shit yeah uh from a beat perspective is is dope and from a sing-along perspective like yeah. music musically it's it's good but yeah uh obviously there's some subject matter on there that's probably not all that cool right uh and problematic as with this era in, in music in general at least yeah. from you know death row and mm. from these artists yeah so but yeah so what what are your
0: some, some of your highlights i think i'm i'm pretty much agree with you uh across the board i would say uh Fucking With Dre Day actually is, is, okay. is a highlight for me just because right. I think it really, really does a good job of just introducing what the album's supposed to be about. The sound is like... Because, you know, you have to think about the fact that this album established this sound as yeah. what West Coast Music was going to be going forward. Yeah. So to just come out the gate with a record like this, like a parliament, you know, boom, you know. Um, what would you consider this sound like what would you name it is it g-funk or would you name it something else it's what g-funk yeah became i mean i guess it's it's funny that we had the whole conversation about warren g right and the reason i was gonna ask is because
1: i think that you told me that you felt warren g was actually responsible for g-funk
0: right okay actual g-funk but i mean this is this is now that it's a popularized term this is what g-funk is and i think this album kind of like brought this to the mainstream this Mm -hmm. sound um and i think that song uh does it i also think um I don't think I was old enough to understand that they had beef with Luke, <laughs> right And so you know the the undertones of of you know the beef that that's in the song is kind of funny to me. Um so I, I like that one. Um, and then uh, another highlight in going back because I don't think I really appreciated it as much when I first heard this album. Little Ghetto boy, okay the reason is because this sample has been done so many times mm-hmm. um wu tang obviously yes. famously famously yes. did it i think they they killed Wu on this um uh, this I, version i, I mean that the songs sound is, really different though it's so much more musical their version it is, it is it so is, much more is. musical you can tell that they had um they had like instrumentalists come in and probably play it <laughs> where, play additional y- parts we're going to challenge you mm-hmm. uh i don't necessarily
1: think those songs should compete the reason why is because this song is a more musical song. And right. It also goes well with the rest of the album. Yeah, but so does Little Ghetto Boys on Wu Tang Forever. It with it may not be as musical as this record, but it it. Fit so seamlessly with what they were doing <laughs> on Wu Tang Forever, like it works.
0: It you does. There's, so I, I don't have a I, I problem just, I, I the record. I, yeah, and I, I knew I knew song. you were going to challenge that. I knew you were going to be mad, but I, I do. I, I do in my mind compare the two records, okay. and, I, right. and, I, and I I like. I really like the music on this. I think um, in a vacuum, yes, this yeah. probably is the better song. I will agree. Yeah. With you. Um, so I mean, I would say that those are my highlights. I guess Stranded on Death Row just um, yeah, from you do, the perspective you do like of those posse cuts. Yeah, I love posse cuts, yeah, and and. You know, this is where we start to see that Corrupt is going to be like a problem. You know, so Corrupt comes and he really shows out on this record, and (sighs) it's like, okay. Corrupt is nice. Yeah, Yeah. So. Uh, that's, that's my highlights. Yeah. Should we do some low lights if there are any? Yeah, let, let's let's discuss I think I think there are some, right? I think that uh yeah,
1: the back half of the album, uh, even though I should it's, instead of just like, you know, tracks one through seven mm. I should listen to, I would <laughs> say tracks one through nine. I should definitely bump it up to those two. Right. But then you get into some stuff where you got some really long skits and uh, they're all kind of condensed in one area. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have spaced it out a little bit more uh-huh. and it would have been more fluid. Especially given the Uh fact that the actual two songs on here that are, you know, with heavy lyrics, Uh I wasn't really feeling them as much. So I feel like they Uh should have definitely spaced them out because I don't like a record where, like, I can listen to one stretch of songs and Uh not feel the need to listen to the rest. I don't necessarily, like, those... albums like that kind of rub me the wrong way, which is why I've always had a, a no problem just kind of discarding this among the classics. I respect that it's a classic, but I just kind of like, yeah, like I, I don't need it. There's other ones that I prefer more.
0: So I agree with you. Um, uh, the, the skits are just kind of overblown and condensed. Um, but Even what I will say funny is, is... You say what? They are kind of funny though. Some are funny. What I will say is, um, I believe that this album was created... In a way that did not account for the way we currently consume music. Okay. Um, And I think that if point. you. I, I made myself this time. When I went back and listened to it. do no skips. Okay. So I played it the way it was designed. Which is in 92, we were on tapes. We and were vinyl. on tapes. Yeah. So you couldn't just skip. You couldn't be like, oh, 20 sack pyramid. What is this? Next. Sure. You true, know what true, I'm saying? True. You just kind of had to listen through. And when you listen to the whole thing through, it actually makes sense. Like it, okay. it feels like you're just chilling with dre and his homies like you know just and they're just doing what they do on a on a regular day like okay. and some funny shit happens and then they cut i think the transitions between this the skits and the music the music are like seamless mm-hmm. it's perfect it's like it's not like abrupt it's not like you know you're listening to a song and then and then the song goes off and then all of a sudden they're fucking around and then it goes off and then another song comes on it's like it's a, like a seamless transition in and out of songs. The skits kind of make sense with the songs that they're paired around.
1: And they are somewhat um, musical as well.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I you know, when I listen to it in that context, I feel less the way I did before, which is how okay. you feel.
1: I got you. Yeah. I I, I still, I think, though, I, mean, I understand that this album came out a couple of years before Doggy Style, but mm-hmm. there's... I feel like there's just as many skits on doggy style but it doesn't feel like that yeah i have i don't need to skip doggy style yeah
0: i think they tack they tacked them on better um because here like you'll have a skit and it'll just be like i don't know a minute and a half of them like at the beginning of a song a minute and a half of them doing something crazy but then like you'll get 30 seconds of like actual real music at the end of it and you're just like oh i didn't know you know what i mean okay whereas like doggy style just it just it's like everything makes sense and is in a perfect place mm-hmm. i don't know
1: what i'm curious about is what was the impetus to make this album uh, i look mm-hmm. at the liner notes and mm-hmm. dr drake gives a special thank you to dlc for encouraging him to make the album right uh-huh. and i understand that dr drake did have lyrics or have vocals rather uh-huh. on on the two nwa albums uh-huh. um but like why make the first this was the first official lp for death row correct I believe so. So, why make the first LP from Death Row uh, a
0: Dr. Dre record? Like, do, do you know um, why? Because, I mean, you. Is it, you, is it you, because
1: he's the biggest name at
0: the no, time? You, you watch straight out of Compton. Sure. So So, he leaves NWA. Right. And then Easy and them start dissing him. And they're saying he's not real and X, Y, and Z. And so then it's like, okay, you know, what's, what's Dr. Dre gonna do next? Like, I feel like it, it was important. Like, people wanted to know what he was gonna do next. Um and this was this was it. Like okay. I, I think that's what the what the impetus was. It was like, what are you gonna do now that you're not with all these people? And then this was what we got. Okay. And I mean it's a hell of an album. Like it's like, oh, but this is this is what we got. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think it's the same with Ice Cube, you know. We got we got a great solo career from Ice Cube. We do. And and it was the same thing. He leaves NWA and then it's like what's he Okay, he what's do? he gonna do now? Right. Yeah, so okay well
1: so what type of um why do you think aside from the obvious right aside from nothing but a g thing, Uh-huh. and aside from the fact that you know it's, it's a dr dre's debut album like aside from all those like you know the low-hanging fruit what specifically uh-huh. about this album do you think that people like what specifically about this album makes it a classic that people constantly go back to and be like yo that first Dre record is like is one of the
0: greatest Again, I think I think it, a lot of it is the where were you and I think the reason why this is in a lot of people's five and they're ten Oh, so you think it is in a lot of people's five. And I 10. think it's in a lot, a lot of people's five. And ten. interesting okay. yeah, yeah, um, I think the reason why it is is because like it literally transformed the way people make music like it's okay. like It's like Nirvana Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like you know you have a bunch of people doing something in a certain way, and then you just have somebody who just comes out of nowhere and just just slaps the whole thing and, and, so, and it's like a
1: new world order. I have it. I have a, a take on it, but yours is probably better. What do mm-hmm. you think was different about the way he made music on this record that was not being done previously from other hip hop artists? Um. Well, and I, and I have some takes, but yours, yeah. like I said, yours is probably better.
0: I don't know. First of all, um this was very very musical mm-hmm. um it's funny because we talked we talked on some of the other previous uh, episodes about like nwa and how he hadn't quite found the sound that he has on this record mm-hmm. i think there's still some records that kind of have the more nwa sound where it's just a breakbeat you know, a stripped down break beat and then like some sound sa- on this, or on something this like album. that. Yeah, so like, like, which one? Like Stranded on Death Row. The okay. ones you don't like, <laughs> right? right, right? Okay. Stranded on Death Row, like where you just have like, it's just like a, a break beat. Like it's a doom tune, tune, sounds Like that sounds more like that time frame, but here, he gives you like all this music you can hear that you know guitar players came in you can hear exactly. that bass players came in like, that's what I was gonna it's say super musical I was
1: going through the liner notes and right. he's got a lot of production credits obviously he yeah. you know there's samples all throughout this record right but he didn't just sample the records and, and master or you know remix them mm-hmm. he brought in other musicians and yeah. made sure everything sounded pristine and it uh-huh. is even listening back on it now it's like I can look you know you know I love Wu-Tang Clan right? Right. but I can go back and I can listen to Enter 36 Chambers and I'm mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, you, you know, Dre's album came out before yours and right. he's still doing things that, you know, you haven't quite figured out. yet. Right, so, right, right. Um And so, yeah, it, the musical production on this, mm. I, you know, I don't think the songs are quite as memorable uh-huh. as uh what he did on Doggy Style. Yeah. But from a technical
0: standpoint, I mean, mm. it's almost just as strong. I mean, it's, what do you think? It's masterful when you really go back and listen to it. Um I think he still wasn't quite where he was right. with Doggy Style. Sure. Doggy Style is like... <laughs> yeah like all right you know it's it's almost like i i i keep joking and calling this a snoop album because snoop's Mm -hmm. all over it but this snoop's contribution to this is like when lebron was like in high school and he was just killing everybody and everybody Mm -hmm. was like okay you know like this guy he he's the shit but like is he gonna make it like you know on the next the next stage like i feel like this and, and doggy style was like we really got them at their very best like coming and showing it against the best competition right but um i think a lot of this is context okay and i i I, i'm actually kind of sad that we weren't you know old enough or whatever enough to really be in the the moment and understand the moment of when Mm -hmm. this came out because i think like you know we're we're taking all these barbs completely out of context right so like you know the Ruthless and, and and Death Row aren't having fights on golf courses, you know, and jump going on on radio and then somebody else calling in and, t- and talking shit to each other over radio. Like, like this was like a diss album in the middle of a time where there was tension between, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would have been crazy to listen to this in the context of w- what it what it was. Um, I think that the fact that we lose that context takes a little bit away from you.
1: I also think something that I I regret not doing before this episode, I I should have done a little bit more research, but I didn't think about it Mm -hmm. until we started talking about it, which was that I'd be curious to see some of the albums that came out right before this and then Mm -hmm. right after. I know in 1993, we do have Enter the 36 Chambers. Mm -hmm. We also have um, Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, which I Mm -hmm. forget when that came out. And there's another big one that came out in 1993. Uh, I forget. Cypress Hill? No, something, it it would have been even more pivotal. I I forget. Okay. But um, I'm curious, though, like, even though this came out at the tail end of 92, the records that immediately followed this, if going back and listen to it from a technical standpoint, I might even put this record above those. Uh Because you would like to think that, you know, whenever an album comes out, at least I know in my mind, I think of things like... Linearly, like mm-hmm. uh, chronologically, right. linearly, okay. and oftentimes that's probably not the case, right? Right? Oftentimes there's something that jumps out so far ahead that everything else that comes yeah, after it is still has catching to catch up. up to and it. I'm curious if I would feel that way about mm. this record from a technical standpoint, right? Um, maybe not from a content standpoint, mm. but definitely from a technical standpoint to see some of the things that Dr. Dre was doing versus yeah. what some of the other producers were doing
0: at the time. Yeah. I mean, you 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 think about the mainstream around the time, right? Like. Mm-hmm. So Chris Cross got huge after this, right? They Did took they? that who was that was that um JD. That was JD. Okay. So so they he took that um the 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 um I want you back sample from uh, yeah. from Jackson 5 right. for jump. Do, do, do. But then you yeah. have right. Like that's obviously just biting this whole funky sure. worm like oh, yeah. you know, time frame um and and, and repeat yeah. funky worm again that's Ohio players, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, uh funkified by the brat. Sure obviously a obviously. nod to to dre like you know mm-hmm. what i mean so like you look at the records j- that were directly after this that were mm-hmm. big on the charts it's like it didn't even matter where these people were were yeah. from like they were doing this so i, I you definitely see that it, it, it influenced the sound of the mainstream afterwards um
1: where was Chris Cross from by the way i'm just curious I think they were from Atlanta, right? They were from, I have no idea where they were from. I, I know think, JD
0: was uh, I, based. Is he I from remember. Atlanta or was he
1: just based, was he just always He's based in Atlanta. Atlanta? He's from Atlanta.
0: But I, I feel like the, the, his whole story is he saw these two kids in the mall. And he liked the way they were dressed. And so he told their mom, like, yo, here's my card. Like, you know, call me. And then he basically just, like, they, their mom brought them. He was like, I like their whole style. We're just going to make them a group. And then he just, like, wrote songs How for them. How were they dressed? Were in. they dressed with their clothes backwards? I don't think they were, their clothes were backwards. <laughs> he said that he just, he was, like, in a mall or something. And he sees these two kids. And they're just he was like, he just saw, like, their presence, the way they were walking, what their clothes were. And he was like, oh, that's going to be the next big thing. And he just, like, made them. Uh, I always love like I hope stories like that yeah.
1: happen with that.
0: Oh, stop it, man! Hey, look with the with stop. the current media climate, you yeah, never know. yeah, you yeah, yeah. I mean, know. You at least have
1: to ask the questions.
0: I hope not, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think you know Jermaine Dupri is an, an easy, uh, easy person to identify as someone who kind of jacked this whole sound after you know it, it became mainstream. I gotcha. So anything else you want to say about this album?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I was I know that we're going to probably spend a designated segment talking about the chronic 2001 when that album is released but you know i'm curious what are your thoughts like do you think that which do you prefer to listen to more which do you think that um and, and try to put everything into context right right which album do you think is more of a classic chronic 2001
0: or just the chronic I think, unfortunately, I have to divorce it from context to to actually just Listen to assess it. the two of them as pieces of music, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it to 2001. I would give it to 2001 um, as well. But, but, I mean, if I add the context, which yeah. I don't completely have because I wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, I, this would probably be more pivotal. I think that if it were not for Eminem, mm-hmm. I might say
1: the chronic... And that's including the context mm. right that i'm saying including the context right mm-hmm. of just how you know from a technical standpoint i have to give this album a lot of props right um it, but if it were not for eminem as a vocalist and what he did on the Chronic of 2001 because mm-hmm. he crushed everything he did on that right, right. um and he helped dr dre out lyrically right, right. on that obviously right yeah. um if not for eminem's inclusion in that record mm-hmm. i might say that uh from the context and every taking everything mm-hmm. into account i might wow. say this record right musically i, think, I would still yeah. say climate 2001 yeah i, think, but I, think, I that, think i think that eminem's inclusion
0: on that makes every m- just elevates that album even more i just think the mixing on 2001 mm-hmm. is just like I don't know if we've ever we've, we've ever gotten anything even now you know years and years later mm-hmm. that was as well mixed as the chronic 2001 like, yeah like when I go back and listen to it I'm just like <laughs> it, I understand why he has his own headphone line like right. I understand why people want to hear music the way he hears music because mm-hmm. whatever he was smoking to make those mixes incredible
1: yeah But uh, I-, I will say real quick though uh, and again we'll Probably, you know, uh, dedicate an entire segment to talk about the crowd of 2001. Yeah. But it's just funny though that when I immediately think back on 2001, and I haven't listened to it um, in a long time actually, right. uh, but I had the same kind of feeling uh, about that as I do about this, in the sense that. I liked everything from like track one through 10. Uh, and then I can't tell you one song after track uh, 10. Couldn't tell you one.
0: And it also has a bunch of skits towards the, exactly. the end. The I, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. funny. Yeah. Um,
1: so wait, just about Dr. Dre though. Uh-huh. What else? Did he release um, his Compton album or not? Like, is that an official yeah. thing? It did. Mm-hmm. Now, why did it take so long to release
0: that? Well, because remember, he was supposed to put out Detox okay and then there was there were years and years of recording and he was saying it's just not good enough and he was switching things out and songs were getting leaked and all this other stuff and it was mad years and then i guess eventually he just abandoned the whole idea of doing detox okay um and then he 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 did the compton album instead and it became like i think it's like supposed to be like a soundtrack to something Right. Well, so the soundtrack
1: to some movie or. Something. So, well, some of the tracks are actually on Straight Outta Compton, I think. Oh, that's what it was. I it think, was. It I was think there's a, like two or three of them that might yeah, be yeah, on there, Yeah, I, I think that's what it was.
0: I think it was the the soundtrack to Straight Outta Compton.
1: So did you listen to the Compton album? Because I it, yeah did.
0: You said what? Yeah, did. I, is it? How is it? It's cool. It's um, cool. I think it's well mixed. Um, I think that Anderson Pac killed that album, and okay. I think that that's. Part of the reason why we know who anderson pock is today mm-hmm. right like he gave him a very big platform there um i think that there's a song that dr dre and dj Premier produced together that you need to listen to okay um and the rest of the album's fine okay cool <laughs> i don't know those are my thoughts um all right cool well yeah. unless there's anything else you need to
1: discuss with this album i'm not nah. sure if i do Nah We just want to go uh, <laughs> Alright Cool Alright yeah. So all right, we so just wrap it
0: up Let's wrap it up there Here, then. Peace Peace One Two
2: Three to the folks, Snoop, Doggy Dog, and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G-thang, baby. Too low low-death niggas, so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays me. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. Real but uh, a yeah. fact to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand. but I damn near got caught, cause my beeper kept beeping. Now it's time for me to make my impression felt. So sit back, relax, and strap on your seatbelt. You've never been on a ride like this before. With a producer who can rap and control the maestro. At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick. You know and I know I flow some more.